Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Are you ready? Let's do it. Thank you, Lord. See that? Every time. Every time. Matthew 13. Matthew 13, chapter 10. Kingdom parables. Matthew 13, chapter 10. For those of you who don't know, we have a mobile app you can download off of the Google Play Store and also iTunes. We give our sermons uh, on Sundays. We put the notes on there for you to have, print out at home, and go over and double check to make sure we're in the Word of God. We want you, don't just take it for granted and say, hey, I believe it. No, 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 no. Go home, study it, make sure we're right. Make sure it's the Word of God and you'll get more out of it. I'm not afraid. I feel like I'm in the Word. You ready? Say, Turn to somebody and tell them, you got to know what you read. You have to understand the Word of God and be confident in what you believe. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand to the disciples. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. Turn to someone and tell them, I have a permit. If you've ever been in a building program, or you'll know how important it is to have a permit within the city that you're living in. In the kingdom of God, God is the one that gives permits to establish his will. And what you learn, actually, is that the Holy Ghost is that permit. The Word of God is that permit. And so they were permitted. They had Jesus with them. They were permitted because they were aligned with the mission of Jesus. But others weren't. To those who listen, to those who listen to my teaching. That word listen comes from the Greek word that means to hold, to embrace, to hold, to receive. Listen. More understanding will be given. So if you're listening to the teachings, you're embracing them, you're paying attention, you're wholeheartedly giving yourself over to it. He said, I'll give you more. You have to listen. because it's, a, it's, a, it's really a condition of the heart. Have you ever talked to somebody and and they purposely were ignoring you because they were mad at you or they were upset with you? I mean, and then you talk to somebody who loves you and they celebrate you or they trust you and then when you talk to them, it doesn't fall on deaf ears and they embrace it. I mean, so you you have a choice every day who you listen to. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. It didn't say that he took it away or will take it away. Remember the parable about the different types of ground. It said that even on the way that they were walking, that the birds came, spirits came and took away that word. Because they had no ground or they had no heart to receive. Does that make sense? And so, that is why I use these parables. Jesus said, this is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really, really listen or understand. Notice he's using two of our senses. For an example, eyes and ears. Eyes and ears. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what, you, what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of those, these people are hardened, a hardened heart. And their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, and their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. Recognize a hardened heart affects your hearing and your seeing. So if a hardened heart 
fixes it, 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 it uh, is a result of your eyesight, spiritual eyesight, and your spiritual awareness or hearing or counsel to hear from God, then you can ask God to heal your eyes and your hearing to get understanding. And so listen to what he says. Listen to this. For the hearts of these people are hardened. They, they cannot, their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and, they, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are those eyes because they see. Blessed are your eyes because you see. Blessed are your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they did not see it. They long to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. In summary, we can't take for granted the things that we know now that have been revealed to us by the Spirit of God. It's very easy for us now in the age and the day that we live in to take for granted the principles, even the basic principles of the Bible. The only way you take things for granted in your life is that they have become common. But do you remember the first time somebody really talked to you about Jesus? And you really understood about the mercy of God, the grace of God, the Spirit of God. Do you remember the first time you felt the Spirit of God? Do you remember the first time God literally you felt clean in your life and felt like, man, this is such a great feeling? And then it puts you at another level of gratitude. And gratitude caused you to go back for more. Gratitude caused you to continually approach God and come back. And it opened up your mind for more. And it caused you to grow. And it caused you to develop. And then you didn't see it before. But now God healed your eyes and now God's healed, healed, healed your hearing and now you can see. This is what the scripture means when it says he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Are you ready today? We're going to learn about understanding kingdom parables. Say, Lord Jesus, bless this moment right now. Say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus. Bless this moment. Touch my eyes. Touch my ears. Right now. They belong to you. You got my attention. Say amen. One more time, honor him with a hand clap. Just honor him. Just tell him, thank you, Lord. Turn to somebody and tell them, are your eyes open? Come on, are your eyes open? Are your ears open? You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for playing. To begin this, I want, um, if you will, we want to give you an opportunity to connect and download to the parables that, some of the parables that Jesus had. So I'm going to throw this up and I want you to scan this QR code for parables. Pull your phones out, pull your phones out, scan this. Very few preachers will tell you, pull your phones out, right? I believe in technology. I believe that technology can be a good thing. Scan this really quickly, and you'll be on the same page, and you'll end up where exactly what's on my notes. I'm going to go through seven categories. Now, keep in mind, there are different categories that these parables can fall under. You can arrange them because of the different lessons and mindsets and thoughts. These are just seven. These are just seven. We want to give you this to help you understand that these parables had principles in them that you can apply in your life. They weren't just stories. They were images. Jesus said when he replied to the disciples and they asked, why do you speak in parables? He said, because it is, known, it, is, it is your privilege to know and understand about the kingdom. It is your privilege. But the others, they can't see, they can't hear. The Lord was speaking 
on spiritual principles that only the Spirit could reveal. Or at that time, Jesus himself, God himself, the Spirit himself being in the earth through Christ had a one-on-one with those 12 disciples. And he explained it simply just in layman's terms. That's, they had Jesus, the other people didn't. The disciples had faith in who Jesus was. So he explained it. But now you and I have the spirit of Christ in our life. And Jesus said that he would send the comforter and the counselor and that he would teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. So now when you read the parables, if you have an open heart, if you don't have a hardened heart, he'll reveal secrets to you. I can't tell you how many secrets. I call them secrets because they were hid. The prophets desired to look into it from the Old Testament and they didn't see. But those that had Jesus could see and have Jesus can see. But we could take it for granted because we have read the Bible how many times and read parables, had the knowledge of it, but maybe not the revelation. Maybe you had the revelation, but not the experience that came from that. Parables are like fruit. You can have a fruit, an orange. You can have knowledge of its existence and never peel it to have the revealing of what's inside of it. And you can see it, you can peel it, revelation, but not taste it to have the experience. And if you taste it and see that it's good, then it's capable of developing a desire in you to go back for more. How many of you have ever brought, bought bananas and you just let them rot on the counter? How many of you bought fruit like you bought a whole bunch of fruit saying to yourself, I'm going to eat this instead of having a Snickers? So I'm the only one, huh? I'm the only one that's had little fruit flies fly around on my kitchen. And I'm not afraid to tell you I've done that before. I wonder how many times we let the word of God become stale, not used or not consumed, because we rush through and we take for granted that, oh, it's just the word of God. But what Jesus is trying to tell us in this scripture text is there's more than meets the eye. There's more in this. There's something in these parables there are secrets in these parables. There are, there's revelation. There's an experience that comes with it, and it will give you a desire to want more. To whoever listens to it or consumes, he said, I will give them more understanding. You can't have a desire to want more if you've never tasted it. Like you, if you've never had a particular kind of fruit, you don't have a desire to go back and get more and say, I want some more of that when you've never had it the first time. Until you get and understand when the word of God is revealed and experienced in your life, there's a difference between reading the word and the word becoming flesh or manifesting itself so you can tangibly grab a hold of something where it develops a desire in you. And this is why the prophet wrote and said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. God is good. Every good thing comes from the Lord. So these parables can be broken up into categories. The first one is the nature and the development of the kingdom. We talk, it talks about if you look at what you scanned, it's different stories of the sower, the tear, the mustard seed. This is all about the kingdom of how you can literally see the kingdom of God, the revelation, the experience, the existence of it grow in your life. Expand. Go past every of your mental faculties. 
God can expand your mind, your heart, your spirit. There's no limitation. Then there's service and rewards. Talking about the labor of the, of the vineyard, the talents. Those that God had given gifts to or talent. We're not talking about natural talents and abilities. We're talking about the riches of Christ. That when he gives them to us, some people learn how to steward that and they learn to multiply and invest it properly. Others take it for granted and hide it in their heart and are satisfied with just being saved. Prayer is another category in the parables. There are principles throughout all the parables where God will give you clear understanding. The friend at midnight, the unjust judge, the love for neighbors, the good Samaritan, all of these. Humility. Humility is an important part of learning how to function in the kingdom of God. Understanding these stories. The lowest seat at the feast, the Pharisee and the publican. There are so many things that Jesus talked about. Worldly wealth. God's love for the lost. Watchfulness for the Messiah's return. I mean, there's so many things. These weren't just story time moments for the disciple. These were secrets and principles that God shared with the disciples. They were revelations. And so Jesus said he would bring the spirit of God when it was poured out. He said, he will bring back to remembrance all things that were, te- that were taught to you to help you remember. Parables were God's way of giving us pictures, pictures, images. Because I don't know how your mind works, but I see pictures. I can remember pictures and things better than I can Objects that have no emphasis on the brain. I just, that's the way my mind works. How many of you see in pictures like you, when you read something, you try to visualize what you're reading. Uh, That's how I remember. God knows our nature. God knows that what we see and what we hear will leave an impression in our minds. Like some of you have memories in your mind right now you can't get loose of. Some of you have bad memories from your childhood, things that you heard and things that you saw. And you can't get rid of them because they're images in your mind. But aren't you glad that God gave us the word where he said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Turn to somebody and tell them, God can. God's able. God can. These are spiritual truths. And principles that can only be seen and heard properly with the help of the Holy Ghost. That's the secret. You need Jesus to help you understand it. You need the author of the book to help you understand the book. All scripture was given by inspiration of God. As the Holy Ghost moved upon men and they wrote and inscribed the secrets of God, the knowledge of God, the understanding of God. I've said it a thousand times, but it is true. The Bible is the only book when you read it, the author is present. The Spirit of God is there and the Spirit of God begins to reveal. Jesus was intentional And speaking or giving counsel in a way that only God could reveal. It's all in the scripture. When it comes to your hearing, when it comes to your seeing. You know, it's amazing that every one of your senses, except for the mouth, you have two of. Two ears, two eyes, two nostrils, two hands, two feet. But the mouth is just one because it's important, but 
If you had two mouths, we'd all be in trouble. First Corinthians 2, 9 and 12. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for those who love him. You mean God has prepared things for me? Yes, God has prepared things for you since the beginning of time. Where are you at with your life and what do you feel God uh, can accomplish or what can be done better or what can be improved? Or what? I mean, listen, you can't be, it's good to be content, but it's not good to be satisfied and, 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 and not have a desire to keep on seeking God and want more of God. There's a difference between being content in your life with the provision and the blessings of God and also not being content with wanting more of God. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, filled, filled. David said, my cup overflows, filled. It's not, it's not God's will for you to just be filled to a certain capacity in your life with the goodness of God. I mean, you're, you can tell your waiter what to do when you go out to eat and just put the top, you know, your, your hand over the top. It says, good enough, I just need a little bit. Uh, but, but, with, but some people put their own hand over their heart and say, oh, that's good enough, God. When God says, listen, I, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we must, in order to be abundant, you can't put your hand on the lid of your spirit, which is your mind. You cannot have any, we can't have, you can't have reservations in your thinking. Your thinking must be aligned with God and there must be a desire within your heart to understand more. Somebody say, Lord Jesus, give me more. Give me more. You want to know why some people don't want more, I think? I think this is just my opinion. I think some people don't want more because they know with more comes responsibility. You know why some people don't want fruit? Because when you have fruit, it means that you've been watering something, nourishing something, pruning something. And when you get fruit, then you have to harvest something and then you have to get ready for the next. That's why people don't want fruit because there's responsibility with it. But once you've tasted the fruit... Once you have tasted the love of God, once you have tasted the joy of the Lord, once you have experienced the peace of God, once you have known the gentleness and the kindness of God in your life and understood that, oh my God, this is so good, you develop a desire to go back. And this is why Paul said it himself. He was addicted to the tree of life. That was Jesus. The tree of life. He said, he said that you may know what the riches of his glory is in Christ Jesus. Oh, who has known the depth or the height or or the width. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He knew something because he tasted something, because he heard something, because he saw something. His eyesight was so clear. He said he saw into another dimension and he said, I don't know, it was in the spirit or in my body. I don't know, but I was in the third heavens and I was receiving revelation, understanding. My eyes were open, my ears were open and I don't know where I was at. All I know is, is that God is awesome. He's powerful. He's wonderful. He's able. And I just want to tell you, you don't know you don't know the end of what God can do because there's no end to what God can do. There are no limits on God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, again. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, 
nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. What things? What things do you need? All things. What things do you lack? All things. Where do you need faith at? That area in your life, in your heart, what are you wrestling with? Unforgiveness. God has forgiveness. No love. I'm just angry. I'm just bitter. Well, God has a love that passes all understanding. What area of your health God can heal? I don't care how many days I've been on the couch, not able to sleep in my own bed with the neck pain. It does never affect my faith that God can't heal. Because I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes, and this is maybe this is for me. Sometimes God doesn't heal you because what's going on in your life is doing far more for you than you would have been healthy. And if God takes you down that route, then you're going to be healed one day and you're going to come out of this one day. But right now, it's like I haven't prayed as much as I should until I was sick. Like God says, you know what? You need to stay there just a little bit. I know it hurts. I know you're asking me to take the thorn out of your flesh. But you know what? I see you praying more. I see you fasting more. I see you studying more. I see you slowing down. I see you just being able to hear from me. You couldn't see it before, but now you can see it now. You couldn't hear me before, but now you can hear me clearly. Trust him. Trust him. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us. And here we are thinking we have to pay a high price. That's your religious mindset. Jesus paid the price. As far as I'm concerned, every time I've ever fasted, or every hour I've ever prayed has no value. I'm just submitting. That's a small price, in other words, to pay for the riches and the glory of God because I wouldn't be able or you wouldn't be able to experience or know what we know had it not been for the brokenness of Jesus Christ, his obedience coming into the world. The value of the blood was so valuable. One drop is all it would have taken. But the words of Jesus, the spirit of Christ, the blood of the lamb, the brokenness of his body was so valuable that he just had to die one time. And from that point on to eternity, everything has been paid for, for trillions of people, even more around the world. Anytime anybody around the world says, Lord, forgive me, it's done. And we don't bankrupt heaven. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? There is no limit to God's account. There are no limits to God's account. The price has been paid. We have to learn how to put ourselves in the position to receive. So prayer is nothing more than receiving what's already been done. Faith is the currency that transfers riches from his account to mine. How many of you use your app for your bank and your wife or husband calls you and says, hey, can you transfer this from savings to checking? You're afraid to admit that's you. But how many of you have ever been in a position where you had to text back and say, we don't have it? Mm -hmm. 
I know I'm not talking to everybody, but you, you have to, at one point in your life, understand what it means to not have enough. At some point in your life, I mean, maybe in the early stages of your marriage, um, I know in, in ours, when we had a baby and I didn't have a good job and just starting off young, thought I knew everything, didn't know nothing. <laughs> Couldn't get hired because I wanted to be the boss. <laughs> we went through a stage in our life and we're still trusting God, but we had to really, really, really trust God for everything, even diapers. But once we learn the secret from the parables in the word of God, I understood what giving was. I understood what prayer was. I understood their principles in there. And once we connected to that, something opened up in the heavens. And I had things being brought to me that weren't in my account and that I can see with my natural eye. But somehow God gave me vision and understood it doesn't matter if you got 5,000 people. All you need is a little boy with a few loaves of bread and a few fishes, and everybody's going to be fed. <laughs> Sit down. Trust God. Let God organize it. He put them in groups, organization. He put them in groups. There's a reason why he did those things, to steward what was being given and multiply it. Before multiplication, you need organization and structure and principles. But you got to listen to God. God will give you principles to know how to do it, what to do. There are steps to be taken, obedience, acts of obedience to live a life of abundance. The widow lady just wasn't given an abundance. She had to first give to the man of God out of her barrel what little she had, then God would meet that because it was a secret in the heavens. Her act of faith unlocked an abundant storehouse for her. God wanted to bless her, but first she first had to sacrifice and give something. I don't know who I'm talking to because this wasn't in the first service, and I don't think it would be in the next one not sure every service is different because there's people that have different needs and God wants to help you but I'm not talking about things just from the cuff I mean you know I'm not just shooting from the hip I'm actually speaking of things that we had to understand and I went through and, and other pastors have gone through and other Christians have gone through year after year and what the Bible teaches. And, and, and I was taught growing up, you can learn from other people's mistakes and not make them if you'll listen. I have made a lot of mistakes in my life by not giving heed, by not listening to the word of God. But when you understand that in this Bible and when Jesus sat down and talked to his disciples, he was preparing them for a world. And what he taught through the parables, they took the principles out of it and turned the world upside down. Here's what I want to tell you. All of this that was done. All of this that was done. Is because God wanted to heal people. Again, let me give you the reference again in our scripture text. Matthew chapter 13, verse 15 says, For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and, that can, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Or make whole. That word heal comes from the Greek word that literally means to cure, to make whole. To make whole, complete their life, body, soul, and spirit. Remember, again, why do you speak in parables? Because it's for you to know the kingdom of God and its understanding. But he says, if you can hear and you can see, then I can heal you and make you whole. But they can't see, they can't hear. That's why I can't make them whole and heal them. Because your heart has to be right and aligned with God and not take it for granted. It's just not a word of history. It's the word of his story. 
It's the word of God, the testimony of Jesus Christ. The only point I'm going to give you today is this. God's objective is wholeness. Wholeness comes through hearing and seeing the principles of God. When, we, when you go into the parables, you must have a right heart and be a student and be prayerful and ask God, reveal the secret to me. Say it right now with me. Say, Lord Jesus, reveal your secrets. It is God's desire to make you whole. Before our lives can truly touch your world, it has to first, God has to first be able to touch your world. Before you can ever see God touch a life, he has to first touch your life. Before you can ever see change in your marriage, family, job, whatever it is, you first have to first allow God to change you. The one thing that stands between you and the promises of God is you. Mm. You, that's us. It's me. Keep in mind, when God blesses you, it's from heaven, and it comes from God, and every good thing in your life comes from him. Where did you get that from, Pastor Bobby? James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Whatever is good and perfect, perfect means mature. Perfect. Comes down from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, he never changes or casts a shadow of doubt. See, the lights, understanding. I wanted you to look at this slide very quickly. I want you to understand what these parables do. They're there to develop a hunger. God's desire is for you to be made whole, but in order for you to be made whole, you must have a hunger. Parables contain secrets God wants to reveal. That's the mindset. You have to have the mindset. Parables contain secrets in them that God wants to reveal. Remember, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard the things that God has prepared for them, but the Holy Ghost has revealed them to us. Before you go into the scripture, understand that there are secrets in there. There's a treasure in there. There's a nugget of truth inside of there. There's going to be something I can use as currency in this world that will open a door. There's a key in there that God will give me to unlock a door. How many of you need some doors open in your life right now? Well, where do you find the key? Revelation, here it is now. Now, God Contain, the parables contain secret God wants to reveal, right? So reveal, that's revelation. Now, revelation is given to the hungry. Revelation is given to the hungry. How do you develop a hunger for God? First of all, you have to starve out the hungry nature of sin. How? Fasting, abstinence. And establishing a hunger means that you have to drink from the well of life and eat from the table of God. When you fast, remember, you haven't stopped eating. You just changed your diet. Wow. Better write some of this stuff down because it's not me talking. I'm just telling you right now, I'm not that smart. I'm just good at listening. I'm just being honest. I, I'm just better at, I've learned how to listen. And sometimes things just kind of boop, boop. Somebody texted me the other day. He said, remember when you said this and that? I said, I said that? That's pretty good if I said that. Fasting is not abstaining from food. It's changing your diet. Instead of feeding your flesh, you're feeding your spirit. 
and your hunger will be desired. So when you begin to, if you're having a struggle, because you have fed the old nature and it has become a pit bull, a Rottweiler. <laughs> every time, every time you try to go to get something with God, that thing just kind of, you ever had a dog like that that got jealous when you got near other people? Little chihuahua. Some of y'all don't have pet bulls. You got chihuahuas. Why are we so afraid of chihuahuas when they're so small? This little booger's got teeth. That's why. Now, those who have tasted... The meat of the word want more. What did, what did Jesus say? Those that listen or embrace, or let's just say consume. To listen means you received. To not listen means that you rejected. He gives what? More understanding. In other words, you grow, you mature. You mature. You need adversity sometimes to help you establish good roots. Growth. Growth requires not only rain, sunshine, and nutrients. It requires adversity. That's why when Paul said, listen to this, watch this now. This is a principle. Catch this. This is powerful, I think, to me, and, and, and it just came to me. When, when, when Paul said he prayed for this thorn in his flesh to be delivered, to be delivered from it three times, God said no. But he gave me this because of the abundance of the revelation that I had. Wow. That was God's way of allowing adversity to keep Paul not just humble, but keep him settled to grow him. How many of you have a green thumb here and you plant things and you have a little greenhouse? How many of you have a greenhouse? How many of you have ever did little seedlings? Nobody? Come on, man. Raise your hand. Don't make me feel dumb. Okay. You want to know why you keep these little, little, you germinate these little seeds in the greenhouse? Well, you're trying to protect it and keep it from the birds and, and from taking the seed. And you're trying to keep it good and there's sunshine that comes in. But you ever wonder why people put fans inside those green rooms? I just found out last night. They put fans inside these green rooms. So when the greenery comes up, it blows the wind and hits those leaves. Because scientists have found out that within that little green plant, when it's hit with wind or adversity, it releases a chemical that makes the roots strong. You ever wonder why you started having trouble right when you got into church and got saved and you thought God wasn't there? God was there. He was the actual one allowing the wind to come in. He wasn't the wind. He was allowing the wind. So your roots can be planted and grounded. So in the process of growing and learning, when trouble comes, it's not there to take away the word more than it is to establish it. You want to grow? Don't be afraid of adversity. Be like the eagle when it sees the storm. Don't go away from the storm. Fly to the storm. And you'll be able to let the wind of God just take you up to another level. Come on, somebody. You have to understand. Adversity makes you stronger. Adversity makes you grow. Adversity. Come on. Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God? Don't let me quote a scripture that I know really well. Neither faith nor groweth weary, for there is no suchering of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. Somebody say, grow me, Lord Jesus. Grow me. Mm. Grow me, Lord Jesus. I want to show you something. Gratitude. Gratitude will develop your growth when you take what little you know 
to go back to Jesus and tell him, thank you. You want to grow? Here's what you do. What knowledge you have right now about God, whatever knowledge you have right now or whatever God has done for you right now, here's the secret. Write this down. Go to him, go back to him, and praise him and thank him for it. Because you will never grow and he will never give you more revelation or understanding or an anointing if you take what you already have for granted. You must go back to him. I tell, I tell our pastoral staff, listen, you, you, you know, after the message is done, they're done preaching. The one principle I think is the most important principle for any minister or pastor is now go home and thank the Lord. Not for preaching a wonderful message. But for number one, allowing you and giving you revelation and being obedient in the opportunity, go back and thank them. Because if you'll do this and become grateful, see, you just can't say thank you, Jesus. A lot of people say thank you, Jesus, but then go back and act like a spoiled brat. I'm not talking about anybody here <laughs> or anybody listening. I'm telling you that Gratitude isn't shown by your words more than it is by your actions. What you do, living for God, is a sign of gratitude for what he's done. Want me to show you the principle? How many of you want to see the principle? You want to see the principle? Five people? Three people? I'm not, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I've got some good food here. I just want some hungry people. You want to see it? Here we go. Here we go. Luke chapter 17. As he entered the village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, look at how powerful this was. He looked at the lepers and said, go show yourself to the priest. He didn't even pray for them. He didn't lay hands on them. He said, go. He commanded. He spoke. Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed from their leprosy. They were cleansed. In other words, the leprosy was gone, but their bodies were still damaged, I would say. Because leprosy had an effect on the skin, on your appearance but the leprosy was gone. And they were cleansed from their leprosy. But notice he said, go show yourself to the priest. You want to know why they said that? He, the Lord, listen, when Jesus was in the earth, he wasn't rebellious against his own laws that he established. He wasn't. He was upset with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He came to fulfill the law and he was obedient to it while he was on the earth. Think about that, but he came to fulfill it by being the sacrificial lamb. But the reason why that it was in the law for them to go show the priest, because it was the priest that had the authority to let them back into the community. So by faith, Jesus' authority said, hey, go show yourself to the priest. And when they went, they were made whole, they were healed, actually they were cleansed, but listen to what happened. The scripture says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. One came back to Jesus, praising God. Verse 16, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Thank him, him for he knew he was cleansed. This man was a Samaritan. A foreigner. The other ones, I don't know if they were Jew. I don't know if they were Samaritans as well. I don't know who they were. But this Samaritan was an outcast individual that went back. Jesus asked, did not I heal 
10 men healing. He healed them. Where are the others? Nine. Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Jesus said to the man, stand up. Now you go. Your faith has healed you. In another translation, it says your faith has made you. Wholeness comes by gratitude and embracing and thanking God for what you already have or what he's already done. Everyone say knowledge. knowledge. Revelation. Revelation. Experience. Experience. Gratitude. Gratitude. Wholeness. Wholeness. That's the order. Remember the orange? Knowledge. Oh, peel it. Revelation. Experience it. Taste it. Thank you, Lord. Gratitude. Wholeness. Going back for more. God can do a miracle with one touch. But it takes a continual embrace for God to make you whole. Wholeness is maintained. Wholeness is maintained just like a good diet will maintain good health. Whatever your philosophy is on that, I don't know. I just know that works for me. Wholeness is a continual process of a healthy relationship with God. Wholeness is a repetitive visiting and going back to God in gratitude for what he has already done. And God grows you from there and adds more to you from there. You find the principle even in your own family structure. If you give your child something and there's no gratitude, maybe they say thank you, but it's not what they say more than it is. Like that gift you got them for their birthday. Remember that? Remember that gift you got them and spent your savings on? The whole, the whole that big old, that bike, that goat. I don't know what you got your kids for Christmas, but have you ever spent, how many of you have ever spent a good chunk of change on your children? And they begged for something. They begged for it. They wanted something. They had it. And they're like, thank you, Mom and Dad. Thank you. And you're smiling in the moment. You're so happy. I'm a good mom. I'm a good dad. And I'm so thankful. My kids are good. My kids are so grateful. And then two hours later, it's broken. It's dirty. It's out on the outside in the yard. And they go to bed, and they forget about it. It's been there all night. You wake up the next morning. There it is outside, and there's, like, all dirty. And, like, okay. that was short-lived. I teach my kids, don't tell me thank you. Show me. I mean, you know, don't just tell me thank you. Show me. If you're grateful, it's going to be shown by actions. I think God requires the same from us. God sees the heart. Well, he said it about the Pharisees and Sadducees. He said, they praise me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. Gratitude. Somebody say gratitude. I'm coming to a close. Come on, Alicia. I've gone way past my time. Has this been good for you? This, this is an introduction to the parables. Let's go into the parables with the hunger and excitement to re let God reveal. Let's be prayerful about the parables or reading the word of God so God can reveal. And when he shows you, act on it. Experiment with it. I love exper experimenting with revelation. That is the only way you're going to grow. When God shows you something, act on it and see if it works. I, I, I'm, I love doing that. I love doing that. I love, you know, when God shows me something, whether it be praying for people, I actually try it and see if it works, and it works. And when it works, I go back again and say, thank you, Lord. That was totally awesome. I, I couldn't have done that without you and you showing me. I'm grateful, God, and I'm going to continue in my walk with you. And it was not very long after that, God gives me another one. I'm like, What? I'm going to try this one out. And after a while, you start collecting an arsenal. You start collecting 
weapons and warfare and provision and principles. And like you're walking around like, listen, let me tell you something. Every child of God in the spirit should look like a janitor with a bunch of keys. When you walk, there ought to be some shishing, 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 shishing. Did you have a dad like that? Did your dad, was your dad like that old school? All keys there? Shishing, shishing, shishing. Walking through the school. Oh my God, that's my dad. That's my dad. How do you know? You don't hear him? Shishing, shishing, shishing. with this. I want to tell you, learn the art of gratitude in order to embrace God's fullness. Here's what we're going to do today. I want you to stand to your feet. If you will, will you stand to your feet? Wherever you're at right now, wherever you're at, whatever God has ever done for you, Go back to Jesus for it. Wherever you're at right now in your faith, whatever you know, understanding you know, go back and thank God for it. Whatever and wherever you're at in your spiritual walk with God, return to Him and show gratitude by worshiping. And let God begin to make you whole. The parables were given, the word of God was given to make us whole. But we have to show some gratitude. Can we just lift up our hands and just begin to worship and say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, I receive it. Thank you for showing me how to put things under the blood. Thank you for showing me how to embrace the goodness of God. Thank you for showing me how to forgive and forget. Thank you, dear Lord, for showing me how to function in my giftings. Thank you for the revelation I already have right now. And thank you for the experiences you've given me concerning that revelation right now. And thank you, dear God, for giving me a hunger and an appetite for the things I have right now. But I'm asking you to build on it, God. I'm asking you to build on it. Give me more of a hunger. They that thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be filled, overflowing. Thank you. You said that you would give us life and life more abundantly. So, Lord, I want to embrace. But I want to go back to you. I come back to you right now. I come back to you right now. I had leprosy, God. I had sin. My whole being was coated with sin. But you removed it from my life. So for that, I say thank you, Lord Jesus. I, for that, I say thank you, Lord Jesus. I was an outcast. I wasn't in the community, God, of believers. But, Father, you, you freed me from sin and brought me into my tribe, my people, into the house of God. Lord, I thank you for every provision that you gave me and have given me. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my, thank you for my income. Thank you, dear God, for my marriage. Thank you for my relationship. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the giftings. Thank you, dear God. Now I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, just begin to grow it. Just begin to grow it. Just begin to grow it right now. Let nothing, God, come between me and my, and, and my purpose in you. I'm not going to let adversity stop me or slow me down. I'm going to let it build strong, strong roots in my system, in my being, in the name of Jesus right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Now let's confess by faith. Are you ready? Let's confess this by faith. Say, Lord Jesus, remove the scale from my eyes. Remove a hardened heart. Let me have 2020 vision. Give me clear eyesight. If there's anything there stopping me from seeing, then Lord, remove it. Remove it from my life. Unstop my ears if I can't hear you. Lord, touch my hearing. Come on, speak it. Say, hear the word of the Lord. Say, hear the word of the Lord. Say, ears, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the mysteries of God. See the principles of God. Come on, come on, let the Lord heal you. 
Let the Lord begin to show you. Let the Lord begin to release you. Say right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.